You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Wow, what a sense of God's presence. Hmm. You know, the cry of our heart as a church, and I realize that we have guests this morning, we got baptisms, you know, coming up, and, you know, this might be totally out of your comfort zone, um, and that's all right. I'm not, I'm not apologizing for it. It's just you might not have seen this before, but the cry of our heart as a church is that we would see Jesus rightly, that we would behold him. It's from that place that everything else flows. And you might have come this morning with the idea that I'll tick the religious box. You know, we do church on a Sunday. We do it for an hour and a half. You know, we sing four songs. We sit down. We have announcements. We hear a preach. We give mental assent to it, and we go home, and we do whatever, whatever we want. And that's just not who we are. We can't be those people. And if that is offensive to you, then be offended by who God's calling us to be. But God's spoken to us as a church over and over again throughout this season about revival, about an outpouring of his presence, about being a people on mission. And we're, we're seeing salvations and we're seeing healings. And like you heard this morning, testimonies of his goodness. And we can't just go through the motions. We just refuse to do that. As we're able to gather again, and it's beautiful to worship together, and it's beautiful to gather in person, but we're not just going to go back to going through the motions. And so there might be times where we're just flat on our face, and we can't get beyond just worship, and we just say, God, you're, you're worthy, and you're glorious, and that's enough, because we want to hear his voice, not my voice, not the voice just of a preacher, but the voice of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so I just want to speak quickly today into something that God's been stirring. We're, we're in a series of the church that we've called Radical Jesus. In 1 John, basically says that as he is in the world, so are we. As Jesus is. He's, he, he is our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the one seated on the throne of, in glory. But he's also our example. He's a model for us. He says um, that you'll do even, that the works that I've done you'll do, and even greater works than these. All of this, though, flows out of, firstly, beholding him and living in right relationship with the Father. We've looked at a whole bunch of different stuff in this series, but today I just want to talk about this thing, that Jesus set the example for us of right relationship with the Father, full of the Holy Spirit. You say, what, what does that mean? He lived in right relationship with the Father, full of the Holy Spirit. It means that we don't have a religious model. It means that we don't have, um, you know, three points. This is, you know, this is how we pray for the sick, three points. If you do these, three, these things in the right order at the right times, then we have this result. Everything in the Bible is relational. Everything about following Jesus is about relationship. It's not religious tradition. It's not religious method. We don't have a method. We have a king. We have a friend. We have relationship with him. When we revert to religious method, then like we said during our worship, it's easy to just compare ourselves with others. I'm not as big of a sinner as Paul, so I think I'm going all right. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> 
I'm not the worst person in the room, so I feel okay about myself. I'm a good person. You might be a good person, but without Jesus, we don't have a relationship with the Father. Without Jesus, we're going to spend eternity separate from him. And so it's not about religious method. It's about relationship. And even when we come together, it's about relationship. It's saying, God, what are you, what, what are you doing? God, what do you want to do this morning? Everything that we do as followers of Jesus flows from relationship. This might be a new concept for you, and, and that's okay. Just allow, allow it to sink in. It might have to adjust some of our thinking. Last week, we talked about Jesus being the light of the world. Ellie reminded us this morning, well done, um, and that we're also the light of the world. But he dwells in us through his spirit. We're only lights because he, he's in us. It's his light shining out of us. As we behold him, as we see him rightly, his light shines brighter. It's like a solar, a solar light. Um, you know, if you have a light with a solar panel, as the sun, the S-U-N, shines on the solar panel, the light shines brightly. The light doesn't have any of its own light. It absorbs the light of the sun. I don't know the whole process. Some of you scientific people could probably tell us what happened, but it absorbs the light of the sun, and it shines. And, it, and the, the more the sun shines on it, the brighter it shines. We're like that. The more the, the, the light of the S-O-N, the sun, Jesus shines upon us, the brighter we shine. My kids have these, um, these Star Wars pajamas with the Star Wars like glow-in-the-dark thing. And here's the thing is like in wintertime, no, um, <laughs> no matter how much they stand in front of a lamp and how much they stand in front of a light, they only get like to light up so much. But in summertime, when they're outside playing on the trampoline and the sun's shining upon it, they go back inside and it's like so blindingly bright that they're like, you know, you, they, I can't go to sleep. My pajamas are too bright. <laughs> That's the sort of, you know, it, we want Jesus to shine upon us so that we're so bright that it's undeniable. Jesus modeled for us how to live in right relationship with the Father through the Holy Spirit. He humbled himself. And here's the thing, in Philippians 2, verse 8 and 9, it says that though he, Jesus, was in the form of God, Paul shared this a couple of weeks ago, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. While Jesus was on earth, he was a man like us. He didn't perform signs and wonders because he was God. His power came from relationship with the Father, being full of the Holy Spirit. I want to read you a few scriptures out of John. John 5, verse 17. So Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the, he sees the Father doing, that the Son does likewise. John 8, 28. I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. John 14, from verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He goes on to say, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. For from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip says to him, I love this. He's, he's saying, you know, if you've seen me. Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough. And Jesus said to him, I have been with you so long, and do you still ask me, um, do you still not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And he says, the words that I say to you, I don't speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do, and the Father may be glorified, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, I love this, and he ties this in to I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me, and whatever you ask in my name, the Father will do it. And then he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. If you haven't read the book of John, set aside some time this week to read the book of John because it goes back and forth between this relationship between Jesus and the Father and being full of the Spirit and I'm going to go to the Father and if you've seen me, you've seen the Father and I do nothing except what I see him do, do and, I, and I say nothing except what I hear him say. Jesus modeled for us that intimacy with the Father because everything in the kingdom is relational. It's not a method. It's a relationship. If Jesus has to look to see what the Father is doing and listen to hear what he's saying, then how much more do we need to look to see what the Father is doing and listen to hear what he's saying? If we're going to do even greater works than he's done, then we need to be a people who are looking and listening, who are living in such a place of intimacy that we're, that we're constantly aware of what he's doing. Not just on a Sunday morning when we gather and somebody else, Else stands up to give a prophetic word and we go, oh, that's great. That, you know, something resonates in me. But every day, in every moment, that we're living in such a place of intimacy with him that we're constantly aware of what he's doing. We're looking to see what he's doing. We're listening to hear what he's saying. It's relationship, not religion. We have to be living in right relationship full of the Holy Spirit. When I pray for the sick, and we pray for the sick often, it's not just a matter of necessarily do I have enough faith to somehow see healing come to them. Because faith isn't just a currency. It's not like if I store it up enough, then I can use it on this person to be healed, but then I've used it on that person, therefore the next person I pray for, I need to store up a little bit more faith. I don't believe faith is a, uh, is a currency. I believe faith is a proximity to the Father. Faith is a focus that as we gaze upon his face, as we look to see what he's doing, as we listen to his voice, faith comes because it's what he's doing, not what I'm doing, and then saying, okay, you've got to get on board with what I'm doing. A.W. Tozer says this, faith is the gaze of the soul upon a saving God. Romans 12 verse 3 talks about a measure of faith, but it's in the context of not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. It's about looking to the Lord to measure our growth and maturity. When he says, I've given you a measure of faith. To measure our growth and our maturity. Again, it's in the context of relationship, not currency. It's in the context of relationship, not a method to see something happen. 
It's about looking to him. When I pray for the sick in a place of relationship and intimacy, I'm looking to see what God's doing. I'm listening to hear what he's saying. So often, the physical thing that somebody's come asking prayer for isn't necessarily the thing that is the root cause of that problem. I had someone come to me and ask me for prayer um, years ago because they weren't able to conceive, to have kids. That's a big prayer, to pray. That's a, you know, you carry that. There's, there's some pain in that. As we were praying, and I'm, and I'm looking to see, God, what are you doing? And I'm listening to this, God, what are you saying? What's the, what's the real issue here? Is there something physical? Is there, so, is there something, you know, is there some hurt? What, you know, what do you want to do? I didn't know any of their background or context. I didn't know, you know, they, they, they were in the church, but I didn't know, like, if there had been pain or there had been rejection. I didn't know what the background was. I said, God, what are you doing? And I began to share with them what I felt like God was saying. That there was some area of forgiveness, that they needed to actually forgive somebody. I was like, I don't know their background, so this could be totally off. But I just feel like God's, just feel like you need this forgiveness that needs to be released. And I'm looking to see, like, is this landing? And they just start sobbing. And, I mean, that could be like, this is really wrong or this is really right. And usually it's, this is, you know, really right. Um, and so we just began to pray and just said, you yeah, know, well, if there's forgiveness, why don't you forgive? I don't, I, I still to this day don't know what it was that they needed to forgive, but they forgave and it's like the peace of God came, and we prayed, and joy came. And a month later, they conceived. And they, they end up having a, having a healthy baby. Give Jesus, you can give Jesus a hand. It's not, it's not me. It's listening and looking to see what he's doing, listening to hear what he's saying. Be, as we behold him, we minister from a place of relationship. We see him. As we see him rightly, it adjusts who we are, how we see ourselves. And then we're released to go. He says, I, I want to send you. Can I share? Uh, I'm cutting heaps of stuff out, and I hope I'm making a point, but I, I'm just trying to follow where God's going. I, I want to read another scripture in Luke 2, from verse 1 to 12, because I love this account. I, I think it illustrates this. Um, it says this. This is a story. Some of you guys may have heard this if you, if you grew up in kids', kids church um, about friends bringing their friend who's paralyzed, he's on a mat, to Jesus. And Jesus is in a house with a whole heap of people there, religious people, people that are searching, all bunches, and he's teaching. And these guys are so desperate to get their friend close to Jesus so that he can be healed that they take him up on the roof they take the roof tiles off, they open, a, they open a, a hole in the roof, and they lower him down to where Jesus is. I mean, that would, I, I, I like this story because I feel like it would be, be really distracting. And Jesus keeps, like, he just keeps teaching. I mean, imagine if you, because every now and then we have birds on the roof and stuff here, or the wind blows, and you hear, like, and imagine if, like, bits started falling down onto Elisha, and then we can see some sunlight come in. And then somebody peels back a bit of the roof, and then ropes drop down. And you guys are all like, what the heck's going on? And I just keep preaching. Don't worry about it. We just keep preaching. 
I mean, I just, it, like, I, I find that fascinating that Jesus has just kept preaching. Dust is falling down. I'm sure dirt's falling down. They're looking in like, hey, okay, we're over him. We're near him now. It says this. Let's read from verse 1. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. There was a report that went out. Jesus is home. And many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door. I love that. Like, they couldn't even get inside the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic um, carried by four men. And when they could not get near to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down his bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. I mean, that's awesome. But the guy's still on his bed. Now, some of the scribes, some of the religious people that were there, who were there sort of, I think, watching and, and you know, going, let's see what Jesus does. Maybe judgmental in their hearts. We're sitting there questioning in their hearts. What does this man, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And it says, and then immediately, Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they were questioning like this, within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things? Uh, sorry, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk? But that you might know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he says to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose, immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. I mean, imagine, like, yeah, the people couldn't get in the house. So he's probably going, okay, you know, out the way. I've got my bed. You know, I can imagine him, like, bumping people as he goes by. All, so all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. I love this account. What grabs my attention is that the paralytic man's friends wanted him to be close to Jesus. There was people that waited outside. It says that, you know, that, that often the streets were lined. There's people who had come to listen to Jesus, but they had judgment in their hearts. They had come with a religious idea. But this guy's friends said, if only we can get him close to Jesus. To me, this speaks of proximity to him. It's intimacy with him. It wasn't just get him sort of, you know, to the door. It's we're going to lower him above where he's preaching so that he can't miss it. He saw their faith. He saw that they wanted to be close to him. I don't think it's a currency. I think it's a proximity. What Jesus modeled was not religious methods. It's relational intimacy. Even when Jesus gives the disciples the framework of how to pray. They say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He says this. All right, you're asking for a framework. How about this? Our Father, hallowed, holy, revered, worthy is your name. Even the method, if you can call it that, is relationship. The framework he gives them for the method is relationship. He's like, if you want a method, this is how it starts. It's relational intimacy. You come to the Father. The thing that stops relationship 
is sin and pride. When we start wanting to take the glory for ourselves, because we haven't dealt with that thing of pride, it's my ministry, it's my platform, it's my preach, it's my glory. Look at what I've done. And we, we want to continually share testimonies, but it's not to glorify the person sharing the testimony, it's to glorify Jesus. It's so that he receives glory. We humble ourselves and say, not my will, but your will be done. When we have sin in our lives that we're, that, that we're not willing to deal with, to repent of, to lay at his, at his feet. And the thing is this, when we repent, he's gracious to forgive us. But unrepentance stops relational intimacy. It stops us being able to see what he's doing and hear what he's saying. That's why we always have to come back to beholding him, to beholding him. As Isaiah said, as I see him, I say, woe is me. There's not one of us in this room. I can guarantee that there's not something that we can say, oh, Jesus, I, I need you again to make me clean. Jesus, give me your grace. I need your grace. Help me deal with those thoughts that I shouldn't be having. Help me deal with the pride in my heart. Help me deal with that area of sin that I keep messing up with. Give me your grace to be free. When we humble ourselves, he extends his grace to us. But when we harden our hearts, it breaks that relational intimacy. I want to end with this one scripture that I was reading this morning in Hebrews says this, if I had time, I would have read all of John this morning and about half of Hebrews. <laughs> the end of chapter 12. Verse 28 says, therefore let us be, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Can we close our eyes? I just can't move beyond this. Jesus modeled right relationship with the Father. He was, he was watching what he was doing. He was listening to what he was saying. But I can't get beyond this verse. I read it five times this morning. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For he's a consuming fire. We don't come just to play religious games. And you might have find, found yourself here because you're here for, for a baptism or you're here for something else. But God wants your heart. No matter what reason you're here for, no matter why you walk through the doors this morning, he wants your heart. He's not here just for religious games. We don't just tick the box. He's not here just for methods. He wants relationship and he's holy 
and he's righteous. The time coming where we can't just walk into the presence of God flippantly. I think that's changing in our midst. For those that have been here the last few weeks, there's something that God's stirring. We can't just walk in and be like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to walk in 10 minutes late. Just be like, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't care. You know, I'm just going to be flippant in his presence. There's a reverence and there's an awe. We come boldly into his throne room because of what Jesus has done for us. But not being flippant and proud about our sin. But saying, God, set me free. Make me clean that you'd be glorified. And so this morning, as we've worshipped you, as we've, as we've exalted you, as we've looked into your face, Lord, we ask again, set us free that we would see you rightly and that you would be glorified. Lord, as you've modeled for us right relationship with the Father, full of the Holy Spirit, would we be a people who walk in right relationship with the Father, who live full of the Holy Spirit, but we don't want to be a people who are looking for religious methods, who follow religious tradition, but who walk in relationship with you. We want to be a people who have intimate relationship with you, that we hear your voice so clearly every day, not just Sunday mornings, that we see what you're doing so clearly, that your kingdom is released, your kingdom is advanced, that people come to know you. I just feel like there's, there's people in God, God's highlighting things, not to, um, not to condemn you, but to actually convict and say, these are things that you need to deal with. You know. I don't need to call it out. You know. And God's saying, deal with that because I love you. Deal with that stuff. That's creating a separation. Deal with the stuff that's breaking relational intimacy. Stop playing games. Stop playing games. And let's glorify and reverence him. Can we stand together this morning? Let's pray. I said to Gabby, I don't really know how to finish this morning. That's kind of all right. Like this, in case you guys don't know, because if you're new, this isn't a show. Like we don't have a slick show. We want to hear what God's doing. We want to see what he's saying. Sometimes we're like, wow, like that's been powerful. And we're in a, I don't know how to finish. Except to ask his presence to come. I mean, he's here. To ask, ask him to show us his glory. And if you need to do business with him, whether it's repentance, whether it's, you know, going to forgive somebody, whether it's saying sorry, whether it's dealing with things in your life, do that now. That's you and, between you and him. If you want somebody to pray with you, I mean, we'd love to pray with you. We always have people that are ready to pray. If you need healing, we're ready to pray. But you know what? That you can speak to God where you are. You don't have to come to him through me or through another pastor or someone, a leader. You can speak to him. So do business. As I, as I pray right now, I'm trusting that freedom is going to come, that, that deliverance is going to come, healing is going to come. 
God's going to break some stuff off. And then I'm going to give an opportunity, if you don't know Jesus, to make him the Lord of your life. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for your presence that is so tangibly in this place. We honor you. We honor you in this place. You are worthy of all that we are. Lord, we don't want there to be anything, Lord, that that holds us back from relational intimacy. We want to walk in obedience to you, Lord. So we invite you again. Lord, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and convict. Lord, I thank you. The, the, The word says that you convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Lord, come and bring conviction this morning. Lord, and we repent. Lord, of those things, Lord, Lord, that we've allowed to come in, Lord, whether it's sin, whether it's wrong mindsets, whether it's pride, Lord, we repent. Repentance is a good thing. We say sorry today because we want you to be glorified. We want you to receive all the glory. We don't want there to be anything in our lives that stops us from seeing what you're doing, hearing what you're saying, and walking in intimacy with you. So we do business with you. Just give whatever that is, whatever you know, whatever, whatever it is, give it to him. Say, Jesus, I give this to you. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you have, or maybe you've grown up in church, or maybe, you know, you have some experience of who God is, but you've walked away, and you know you, you haven't been living for him. You've, you, you've, you've put him to the side, I want to invite you again today, or for the first time, to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Salvation is not just a tingly thing that we talk about. It's saying, I dethrone myself. I no longer live for me. I live for Jesus. Come and set me free. Come and fill me. I want you to be on the throne of my life, the center of my life. Therefore, everything else finds its place from who you are. If that's you, would you lift your hand up really high? Give me a wave because I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.